Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Annie Chin, and welcome to episode three of the ASOS podcast, My Big Idea. I'm here in East London hotspot, Rita's, to chat to co-founder Missy Flynn all about how she and her friends went from a buzzing pop-up to their own permanent bar and restaurant. Here's Missy's big idea. Hi Missy, how are you? Hi Annie, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for inviting us to your restaurant today. Thanks for having me. I feel a bit like a VIP. We're, we're, <laughs> in, we're in the restaurant before it's open. Backstage. So backstage. Backstage view. Um, so do you want to just tell us a little bit about Rita's to get started? So what's the story behind it? If people haven't been here before, kind of what's the vibe of Rita's? Okay, so um, Rita's is a, well, what we like to think and hope is a neighbourhood restaurant. Um, we're based on Mare Street in Hackney, East London. We've been open for a year and a half now. Um, my job here is a general manager, so I run the restaurant day to day, but I'm also a co-founder. So there's three of us now that um, are equal partners in this business, and they are Dino, Gabriel and myself. Um, and Rita's really is a combination of all our visions of what a really simple welcoming homey neighborhood restaurant should be so it's the kind of place you want to come with your mates and exactly. hang out it's the kind of place that we would want to come so we hope there are enough people out there that <laughs> are like us and want to come here too ultimately the look of it i think is kind of designed to be airy and modern but simple and you know we did have a big palm tree in the window when we first opened and that since passed away so we've replaced it with lots and lots of living sort of plants, lots of succulents and cacti. And um, we do that because I think it's more, it's more of a nice vibe than having cut flowers. I think it's nice to have living sort of green things yeah. in the restaurant. So we didn't spend a huge amount of money on this build. And it kind of shows, but it's, I think it's simple and pretty in its own way. When you were deciding on the menu and how did you kind of come up with what food you were going to offer Rita's? Initially, Rita's started off as somewhere that we thought would be a great place to go late night. Okay. So we started off in a club in Dalston. Yeah, it was a pop-up. It was a pop-up, was was a a pop-up, pop-up? yeah, in 2012. So we took this, um, the top floor of a club for nine months. And in there, we felt that the best thing to do would be food for drunk people. So because <laughs> like, you're in a club. So, and it was in Dalston, and Dalston has a very sort of late night Vibrant, yeah, and was it open sort of late? We weren't nice, late very I mean, in our because we've all spent a lot of time travelling and mostly sort of our references do lie sort of in North America, mostly East Coast, New York. And what we all loved about that is that you can eat all at all times of the day. And I, and I love the idea of like going out for dinner at four you know, or a slice of pizza or whatever it is that you go for yeah. at four in the morning. And London doesn't have so much of that. Like, you know, that's why I love Edgware Road, for example, or you know, I love like Turkish cafes in Dawson because you can go late. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to do um, American, modern American influenced food, but also sort of like comfort food and, and drunk food and hungover <laughs> food and that was where we started and then as we progressed we moved out of the pop-up space and sort of took on this restaurant and we adapted the menu to be more of a restaurant menu so the influences still lie in in those sort of 
in North America, South America, um, mostly on the on the two kind of coasts, and then all the sort of immigrant food that kind of comes into that. So all the sort of New York Italian, um, Jewish New York sort of influence of food, and then on the on the other side, Mexican and um, in California, and kind of a bit yeah. a bit of everything. So a but, whole range of kind of influences. And how I suppose the pop up was that sort of when you kick-started your like idea of having this sort of restaurant or did you do the pop-up and then thought oh this is actually really working like let's get a permanent space for this how did it sort of come to being like this permanent space I think it was a bit of both because the pop-up happened so quickly I don't even remember how it happened I don't remember a conversation ever happening just popped up it just popped up yeah it's so true it just popped up yeah so did you all have that kind of foodie background yeah I mean I'd worked and drink. In, I was most more of a drinky a drink I worked in bars you know, since I was at university and I was always bartending and then I ended up working at a restaurant um, a steak restaurant called Hawksmoor and then I was working there for three years or so and was that uh, sort of doing the sort of bar I bar, was on the bar initially yeah. and then I moved into marketing oh, okay. and I worked in the office to sort of really understand to get to understand how how you create a restaurant brand and how you create a business from a restaurant. And that was super interesting to me. And, I, and, it, it, was, and it felt very comfortable position for me to be in, yeah. in terms of not comfortable as an easy, but very sort of natural. I was, I was interested in it, you know, and genuinely enjoyed being there. And London was changing so much. And so there was all these young pop-up things happening and street food and burger vans and all this stuff. And it's, it, and it felt like such a shame to be one of those people but not be part of it part of yeah part of that not community doing it, and exactly. not doing it yourself yeah. yeah and then Gabriel had been in New York studying film but also cooking and he'd come back and he was cooking in some various kitchens here in London with great people and just really wanted to cook actually and Dino has um, a couple of bars already and is yeah you know, he knows how to open a bar and he, he was really keen to pull something together on in the food sort of side so he sort of orchestrated this kind of putting together of the, the team um, the team which is weird because I mean, we've known each other for 10 years or so already it's, we've been friends since we were kids had you always been interested in that like from a very young age or did you was it at uni when you kind of like discovered that that's what, what you wanted to do yeah I've always I think so. I'm, I grew up in pubs so I have always been interested in hospitality is that in, like run in the family or yeah my dad used to run pubs rather than growing up in, in a pub <laughs> sorry yeah to clarify <laughs> My parents didn't just hang out in pubs. We lived above pubs all over London. And it was such an amazing way to see the city, first of all, to kind of grow up in various parts and amazing parts of the city. Sort of like when I was 11 or 12, we lived in the heart of Covent Garden. It was so strange. Oh, great. It was amazing. Yeah. But Proper then, city centre, yeah. Yeah. And it was amazing and such a rare experience, but also an incredible an incredible way to sort of get to know what hospitality is and what people expect and what people are. And so I think with Rita's, I wanted to create an environment where everything was accessible, that we priced ourselves really well. The experience is built up of food and drinks and dessert. And you kind of, you kind of go for it all. Yeah, I mean, you have an Oreo pie, don't you, on the menu? Yeah, the Oreo pie I mean, is the that one sounds pretty great. It's amazing, <laughs> yeah. It's very hard to describe, though, without saying... Or is that one, you know when they... What's that game when you have to describe a word without saying the word? I don't know what yeah, it's called, know what it's but when people were like, describe the Oreo pie. Without saying, yeah. I can't, you have to just say it's Oreos on Oreos on Oreos, <laughs> cream, Oreos. But it's so, we, it's so popular. We used to have a changing dessert pie, so we'd do an American-style sweet pie for dessert. And we had all kinds of amazing ones. We had amaretto, sour pie, 
lemon meringue pie, uh, key lime margarita pie, like loads yeah. of different pies. And then one day this Oreo pie just turned up and that was the end of it. It was, it was Oreo pie forever. That's it, stuck. Yeah, and it's kind of become something that people come here to have on, on its own. Yeah. You know, people kind of pop in and have an Oreo pie and some cocktails and that's great. great. That sounds fabulous. Yeah. And there's a few things that we've got on our menu now that have kind of become staples of the restaurant. And we love that. I mean, we love the fact that we can do other things around that. I mean, the classic thing is a chicken roll. We just went to Leeds Independent Food Festival, which was amazing. Oh, okay. So, do you, yeah, do you do kind of things like that? You go out to different um, festivals and, like, events yeah, and we don't, we don't do festivals so much. Um, because it's actually a lot of hard work. I have such a lot of respect for people who kind of go and set up a kitchen in a field. It's mad. How do you do that? It's crazy. But for us, the, the reason we don't do so much of that stuff in London is because we really want to focus on, on this space and bringing people into the restaurant. And for me, Rita's is such an experience, I hope. It's, it's like about the music and the service and somebody taking the time to talk to you about what we're doing and why and being here and going back a bit to kind of setting up with your friends how is that sort of working together as a team and like going into business with your with your friends I mean a lot of girls if they want to start something I mean doing it by yourself is quite sort of scary so do you is that been good doing it with your mates and sort of having them around you and it's been amazing. I mean, it has been hard. It's always going to be hard. It's very naive to think that you can just work with your friends and it's all going to be cushy because ultimately there, there is a business at the heart of it and the business kind of becomes like a baby that you all share custody of but all want different things for sometimes. Um, and it's, it's sort of one of those things that tests, it tests your relationships with people. But I think being that close as anybody does and it, but then on the other side of that, you have an incredible support network because these people are your friends and they care about you and you care about them. And so, you, I mean, we don't argue very much yeah, at all. Have you really. got any sort of tips for like working with your mates? Is it, or is it about being honest with each other? Don't email each other too much because email tone is, you just you you read you emails how anymore. you want to read an email. So don't email too much. Don't text too much. Um, have regular set meetings but also make time to go out outside of work and kind of you know it's funny I can see um I can see either of the guys every day for two weeks every day all day and then it gets to the point where you like think but actually how are you I don't actually know how you are I've seen you every day we've had a conversation every day but I don't know how you are what's going on in your life you know how's things yeah so talk about don't just always talk about work yeah but I think sometimes you have to make a point of removing yourself from the work environment and going out for dinner or going out for coffee or whatever it is go for a walk go and kind of just catch up but then also I think you have to mentally for yourself look at the business as a business and make decisions for and, and stick by your decisions for the good of the business and and kind of um remove that emotional aspect of offending or upsetting somebody that you care about as a friend because you know we all have a role to play and we have to fulfill those roles so sometimes those well there'll be disagreements in that but you know Gabriel's head chef he has a certain opinion about certain things and I have I'm general manager and I have to lead with certain things and you know and Dino kind of oversees everything and tells us when we're all doing things (laughs) wrong um but you have to be very kind of uh aware of the fact that you're running a business and the business will suffer if you don't make you know, decisive decisions 
and just have to and just stick to your guns a little bit. And did you guys go um, to anyone in particular for advice, or was there any sort of great sources of when you were kind of just starting up the restaurant of places that you kind of got really good information about running a business? Was there anything in particular that you found really helpful? On a practical level, we did lots of research for, I mean, in terms of business owning. So there's lots of, um, I personally looked through a lot of stuff from Hackney Business Ventures. So it's a business center in Dalston and there's lots of council initiatives. And this is all sort of practical, how, yeah. to, how to run a business sort of stuff. And online, I mean, the amount of time I spend on HMRC website is... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> dull <laughs> but it's important you know especially when you have employees you really need to know what you need yeah, to do the best that's by another, them that's another thing I suppose like having a whole team that you're in charge of that's it's terrifying <laughs> that you know we create a job for 15 people and their livelihoods depend on us having their job here and creating a business that is viable and people want to come to and yeah and that they enjoy being at as well. Yeah, the main thing for me is that I, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed by the fact that anyone wants to work here ever. Because I mean, it's a great place to work, but you know, it's it's still something that kind of just came out of our heads one day, and it's a place that people have given so much love and support to. It's kind of overwhelming sometimes. You kind of just have to not having think about that it. responsibility. Yeah, of, the responsibility yeah. of it. And I care that people want to work here and I care that they enjoy being here so practical business advice is all like there's so many great things you can look at online I think it's always good to look at just sign up to every sort of industry newsletter or trade fair whatever industry it is I mean in food and drink obviously there's a million events you can go to and talks and just sign up for everything but sort of on a personal level we've been really lucky to have the support of well-known restaurateurs and people who've just kind of backed us and just been really supportive of what we're doing and people that we look up to. So kind of like that you did, you have that sort of network. We created one. So I I pulled together, well, I kind of one day was like thinking, you know, I need some advice on rubbish literally rub- <laughs> actually rubbish like how, what do we do with the rubbish oh right rubbish and just just simple <laughs> things like that and I just and I thought it'd be a nice idea to reach out to some of the other restaurant owners in the neighborhood and so I emailed um in particular Emma who owns Tonkotsu ramen and Suru okay, Sushi yeah, yeah. um and just said hey I'm Missy we've just opened Rita's around the corner I really would love to pick your brains about a few things and that kind of evolved into a about network rubbish. about the rubbish yeah um, <laughs> like this glamorous life that we have and and that evolved into a group of other restaurant owners in in the neighbourhood all coming together and so we meet sort of once every month every couple of months depending on how busy we are and that for me personally is a massive sounding board and, that, and they do help me and it, we talk about everything we talk about staffing we talk about pricing and so it's your things. own sort of like collective of like yeah. having people in a similar situation that's exactly quite a good um, and it means that you don't spend hours and hours trawling the internet for secondhand advice it's really amazing to get first-hand insight into people from people who've already done what we're trying to do and you learn from each other and they learn and you know we they learn from the younger businesses and I learn from the more established businesses and it's just a really nice way to bed in with a, a community of people doing things for the same cause and what do you think is sort of your proudest moment so far of having your own restaurant and has there I been one know. thing that's I don't know we've I done suppose. some amazing we've just I mean I always feel proud I mean every time somebody is 
kind about us or gives us good feedback, I feel proud. And sometimes you feel really down on it because you, because you work so hard and you think, oh, I'm just exhausted. I don't, you know, I'm don't, I can't. But yeah, so there are times kind of where you're like, oh, what have I got myself in for? <laughs> every, um, times like, yeah, where you sort of, <laughs> every day. No, you know what? I was thinking about this actually before we started speaking and I haven't, it's hard work, but I haven't had a day yet where I've come in and been sad to be here or found it difficult you know I've had office jobs you know I think everyone's had a job where they go and hide in the toilet for like 20 minutes because you just don't want to <laughs> be have there. a little cry yeah or you're hungover or whatever it is that you're feeling but I haven't had a day at Rita's where I haven't wanted to be here yet and it's been nearly two years so that's, I'm hoping that that continues that's yeah that's, that's how you kinda, want it to I be I feel proud that's of that how, I mean it's yeah. just you can create any sort of day when you have a business like this your day is so changeable that we're quite lucky that you know there's, it's routine in the sense that we're here a lot but there is so much to do and so much to learn and so much to try and so much to read about and so many things that you can kind of constantly change that no day is ever t- genuinely no day is ever the same and that has made it's inspiring it, it's inspiring for people wanting to set up that you can I sort of so. take the I hope take so the because day. you can also you know you can be a restaurant owner who just comes in and you know, just bums around, does nothing. Or you can be a restaurant owner that comes in and is constantly striving to develop the kitchen or the bar or the space or whatever it is that, you know, the systems that you have in place or staff training or your own training. And that that's endless, that you can do that all day, every day and not run out of things to do. It's kind of, it's amazing. It's hard to switch off because of that, but it's amazing to know that when I come in, I'm not going to be replicating what I did yesterday, which is nice. That's great. That's a yeah. seize the day. Let's <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for talking oh, all about thanks for it. Listening to me. <laughs> thank you. So that was Missy talking about her big idea. Tune in next week to hear how self-confessed beauty junkie Florence Alipodju founded MDM Flow, her very own handmade lipstick line. Remember to subscribe on Acast, iTunes, or your favourite podcast app. See you next week. 